It's the 21st century and we're in Norway. Babies are snatched from the loving arms of their parents. Infants are grabbed from kindergarten and children are seized at school by an organization that was meant to put the best interest of the child first. These are the true life stories of the forgotten children. Forgotten children. Forgotten children. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Forgotten Children podcast. My name is Björn Korf and in this episode I have a very touching interview. As uh, you heard in the intro, children are being snatched uh, away in Norway from school. And in this podcast episode, you're going to hear a child who will speak out what this was like for her when she was taken from school. And you will also hear from her mother what it was for her to find out uh, when she came to the school to pick her daughter up that her daughter wasn't there anymore. This is a very sad story. Um, it's about a family that has fled the country, that fled to Dubai, because the Barnevana, the Child Protection Services, they want uh, to take the child. They actually had taken the child already in uh, November of 2016. And then for one month, this girl that we're talking about here was in fo in foster care. And then uh, a court decided that the child was supposed to be given back and the child returned back home. But then the uh, Barnevelner, the Child Protection Services, they wanted to appeal. They wanted to take the child again. And then the family uh, left to Dubai. That's where they are now. And, uh, of course, they are fighting for their rights. And uh, you're going to hear from them now because I've done an interview with them. Uh, I did a phone call with them. I recorded that. So here comes the interview. Greetings to Dubai. Hello. Hello. Hello, Vienna. Greetings from Dubai. Thank you for, for being with us. Um, we don't mention your names because we would like to protect your privacy. Um, but you have quite a, an amazing story to tell with uh, what you have experienced with the Norwegian Child Welfare Services. Now, uh, let me ask the mother first. Would you like to uh, ex uh, tell us a little bit how this all happened? How did uh, the, 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 the Barneverne uh, came Uh, into your life? Uh, well, I would just uh, try to make it uh, in a nutshell, so to speak. Uh, we came across with the Barnevanet after moving to Oslo, after living about 12 years in another in another city in, uh, in Norway. And uh, then we moved to Oslo, which is the capital city. And that's when we got this terrible encounter with the the Sogne Banevanet, which is in the capital of the city, uh, city center. And uh, it uh, happened with uh, allegations which were completely uh, impossible to, so to speak, um, uh, to, prove, uh, <laughs> to prove or... Uh, Uh, or to free ourselves from in any kind of way. They were one after the other, and uh, we we didn't know what to do. Uh, we tried our best to, you know, sort it out, but they don't want to have even an investigation. And they came up with uh, one allegation after the other until it led to 
led to my younger daughter being acutely also taken away from school one day without my knowledge and that's when i really realized that this is this is a really really dangerous and serious situation and i was helpless i i was fighting against a system which is impossible to fight against uh there are no rules on their side there is no law there's they don't abide by the law they're doing things just with the law in their hands so to speak they took away my passports um of me and my my daughter and um and basically just uh, take away all my rights i was so afraid i gave them the passport even though it was not even with um with a uh, court order nor a police order it was just the banivan the child authorities who who demanded them and once i had done that uh, the game really became very dangerous after that they acutely took my daughter from school and then it led to uh let to more and and I won her back home we won her back home in the court in the Fulkes Nemda but they didn't stop there when she came back home they didn't even come to see her or check on her or continue an investigation they just wanted to take it to the court and and uh, forward to what you call an onsorgs over targets which means to take the care of the child for them uh, did they actually visit you in your home they before they t- before they took your daughter before they took my daughter our daughter they visited uh only once for one hour one hour visit and my daughter had just come from a very nice leos lake land where you know you play it's like a children's play area a uh, play uh outing with her school she had been there i brought her home and uh, they came over to uh social work um, banavanet workers and uh, they came for one hour we had a lasagna together we talked we laughed we were just how we are at home and one hour and that was the only visit that they had ever done to my family and uh, this led to actually them going to a court where they want to take the care away from of the child based on uh, completely false allegations which they don't even do an investigation about and this person this banavarna worker he was just an employee or was he a, was he a psychologist they were two ladies they are not psychologists they are just a normal um, you call them consultant in norway i believe uh, so they were just uh, banavarna workers no psychologists and we also have to mention here that you are uh, you and your husband uh, you are swedish and finnish uh, citizens i think this is also very uh, important to mention yes absolutely and uh, my husband is a doctor and uh, extremely like uh, highly reputable profession and name that he has built in norway we've been living there for 12 years and and never had even one single kind of an episode where anyone has had any kind of trouble with with him or with me or nothing at all and out of the blue moving to the big cities uh oslo uh, this comes like you know like a shock like a complete shock that and not only that i have heard in norway that people do 
sometimes the neighbor reports someone or something. I've heard it is very normal for people to report even anonymously about other people. But what is shocking is the way that it is conducted, therefore, uh, without investigation, without uh, presumption of innocence, without... uh, uh, anything at all. It, it's uh, really shocking and, and without even your basic human rights that somebody can, as a caseworker, can just take away your passports. Like, uh, I, I, it's just beyond me. I mean, uh, and then you do everything what you think. You don't think at that time, these are my rights, so these, you know, or I shouldn't do, I shouldn't give my passport, I shouldn't do this, because you think just about the child, you know. What is the best for the child? So for me, it was like, just take the passports. No problem. There's nothing to hide. If you want them, if it makes you feel good, take them and they can, you know, but there was no investigation, nothing continuing except uh, going to the court to try to get my child and taking her from school because then they get more and more power when they see that you will have now no passport and it make it more and more difficult. So the system is very, very um, not abiding by the law and they seem to be able to do whatever they can and uh, nobody is, um, you know, stopping them. And did you uh, know that these kind of things are happening in Norway before you had your encounter with uh, the CPS, with the Barneverne, or did you discover that uh, afterwards? To be honest, I had heard about a Polish family that uh, uh, had uh, fled from Norway because uh, somebody had complained about them and they just got into the car with their children and just drove away from Norway back to Poland. They just left like immediately with the investigation about to begin. So I have heard about it in this way. You probably didn't uh, uh, think that this would ever happen to you. No one can even imagine when you come into a situation, uh, God forbid, like this, that it is real. It is a nightmare, a nightmare. I don't think I have slept um, since this has started properly. It's an ongoing nightmare till today. And when my daughter was taken from school, that's when I really realized that this is very, very serious and um, I, I I cannot just uh, uh, forget the day that I went to the school and her school bag and her school jacket, uh, her coat was not hanging in her place. I, I just got a lump in my throat and I almost just crashed onto the floor. It was just really, really shocking. How much time did pass on, uh, between the visit when they came to your home and uh, when until the day when they uh, picked her, your daughter up from school, how much time was there in between? If I'm not mistaken, I think it was some weeks. And they did not in, even inform you that they were going to take her? Nothing. That is what's the most... Uh, it's, uh, it was called an acute vet talk where they just landed up at the school and just picked her up and she ha- it was a Tuesday I still remember and she had said to me in the morning mommy I have uh, because it was going to be Christmas and she was practicing every week for a dance to do in her Christmas show for the school so she said mommy please come late because I'm practicing for the school dance and uh, so I when I came late to pick her up uh, she was gone and also I want to mention that 
it's so shocking to me, a mother coming to pick your child that has been taken away acutely this way without any information. And the school principal, when I went to her office, refused to come out of the school office to talk to me. She didn't even come out of her office. They said she's in a meeting. She didn't even have the the decency to come and meet me to just confirm that my child has been taken by someone who, when, what time, why, you know. So I went home just without my daughter, without any concrete information from the school leader. This is terrible. Uh, maybe we can uh, ask your daughter now, uh, do you remember that day when they took you from school? Uh, how was it for you? Uh, it was so terrible. They just, suddenly I was just so happy in school, being with my friends and all, and I wanted to go home to my mom, and then suddenly they just came. And uh, when my teacher said, someone's here to see you, and then I hoped that it wasn't them, but it was. And then they just took me from school, and um, they gave me to a foster home, and I was just so sad, I was crying. So they brought you to this foster home. These were strange people that you have never met before. Can you tell us a little bit uh, what what it was for you spending the time in the in the in the foster family? Uh, I was every day hoping that they would say I can go back home again. I was afraid, but like I just couldn't believe they could just do this, come and do this to any family. Like, without proof for anything. Like, there's no freedom there. So what what did you do there? Did they send you to school then? Or did, you, did they send you to another school? What was it like? I didn't go to school at all. They didn't just interrupt my me being with my family, but they also interrupted my school. Okay. And were you allowed to have at least contact with your family? Could you do a phone call or something? No contact at all, like not even one phone call or anything. No contact. Wow, I can't even imagine what, what it must have been like for you. Uh, and uh, when was it that uh, they said that you can go home? When was that? Uh, it was the day before Christmas Eve. Well, you must have been lucky then, right? Yeah. <laughs> And, and were you able then to celebrate Christmas? I mean, this must have been like, f for the moment, the perfect Christmas gift, right? Definitely. Like, who doesn't want their family back for Christmas? So uh, I have a question again for your mother. Um, this was the happy end for the moment, so to say, but the story unfortunately doesn't end here. Otherwise, you would still be in Norway and you would not have uh, fled to Dubai, where you are now. Um, the Barne Werner, the Child Welfare Services, they wanted to appeal uh, and they wanted to take your daughter away again. So was it after Christmas that they took your passports or did that happen already earlier? It was, it was already before the case even started on my daughter. Okay. It was like... It was like very much earlier in the whole process and after Christmas we won her back and we were so happy and we couldn't believe that Bonnie Vanet would, you know, because it was clear, 
clear in the court that we want her back, that she wants to be home, she has it good, there's no, uh, you know, uh, the allegations are based on things which there's no substantial evidence for anything to worry about. They didn't come even to to check on my daughter, which I find extremely shocking. Like, if, if my daughter has been allowed to come back home from the court after winning her back, one would expect that if the child authorities are worried, that they would come to the house and check on her because we lived in the downtown. And they didn't, I mean, it wasn't even far for them, just they could have walked over, but they never even came to see her at home. And instead of coming to see how she has it at home, they were just busy making the case to take over her care for good. And I find that, like, extremely strange and uh, going against uh, what is best for the child. Because if you want to do what's best for the child, then you need to see and make sure for the right reasons that you're taking the child, not just that you're taking the child. So I'm beginning to really think that Norway is after the immigrants uh, with the child care. And I'm also beginning to think that... Um, that this is a money-making, money-making uh, thing for the state because you hear about the foster families making a lot of money in Norway and a lot of the people who work in the Barnevanet, it has been coming in the news now I've been following, that there are a lot of them ca called the double trolls who are having a job in the Barnevanet and private foster care. So they basically make money when they take a child and give it to a foster family. So it's like... It's like outrageous and shocking. I have uh, another question for your daughter again. Uh, was there ever an opportunity where you could speak out and, and say what, what you want? Would they ever listen to you, uh, especially the, the officials at, at the court? No. They, I have gotten to speak to them, but they never listen to me. Never have listened to me ever. And I always want them to listen to me but they just don't listen that's terrible because children do have rights and and you definitely had the right to to say what you feel and uh yeah your rights were being violated there what would you like to say to other children who are in a similar situation that you have been uh, i would say to them uh you should speak up to them and um You should be brave because speaking up can help you save your family. Wow. You're 10 years old and you're very much matured. Uh, how old were you when, when you were taken, when they, when they took you from school? Eight. You were eight years old. And how is life now for you in Dubai? Do you go to school there? Yeah, I do. And it's really awesome here. I love it here. I can be with my family. I have lots of friends. Just and here, no one's here to t tear my family apart. So it's great. And I'm sure you've probably made a lot of new friends because you are uh, apparently a very outgoing person, from what I can hear. <laughs> yes, we have. Okay, so uh, question now for the mother again. You are in Dubai now, and uh, what are you hoping for for the future? Well, we are hoping that uh, we uh, can take the case to Supreme Court and we, we haven't stopped the fight because we're fighting for the justice which we 
just have not received in Norway whatsoever. And uh, we need to go through all the courts in Norway before we can take it up in the European Court of Human Rights. So all the all the courts have to be gone through in Norway in case we don't win win there then we have a chance to take it to the European court and uh, just hoping that there would be some kind of justice and that and that the judges and the court would see this injustice that has been done to me and my family and how much it has torn our lives and how much we have suffered unnecessarily and if anyone has like any humanity in them they would realize like how how much damage has been done to a family with their actions but till now they have not realized and cared about that so we are very skeptical but we're keeping our hopes up high well there's a long way to go obviously and we hope that uh people who are listening now uh especially those who believe in god that they would pray along with you that uh, the solution will be found for you and that uh, justice would come and especially that your hearts would be healed because uh, this is still terrible until today about all these wounds uh, that you have suffered from and I wish you all the best and that your life would get back to normal again. Thank you so much so kind of you and really appreciate that there are so many good people out there and thank you for all your kind words and your prayers really appreciate it yeah thank you so much for being with us thank you so much for being so brave and for sharing your story with us thank you so much thank you and this will wrap it up for this episode If you would like to support this family, then you can actually do this by sharing this podcast episode so that uh, your friends hear about this case. Please help us to make this case known so that uh, many people around the world hear about the atrocities that are going on in Norway. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you for listening. Until next time, my name is Björn Korf and you've been listening to the Forgotten Children podcast.